right, everybody, welcome back to the What's the Deal podcast, episode 84. I'm your host, Pete Dill. We have a lot to get into today. We're going to talk about Stanley Cups, the craze that's going on with that, Shia LaBeouf becoming a Catholic deacon, Gen Z dating app on LinkedIn, and the NFL playoffs. All right, so like I said, we have a great, great show lined up for today. I just want to start off saying thank you all for checking in um, on me in the face. I appreciate all the messages. Um, I know I've talked about it a lot the past couple weeks, but kind of my health and everything, but you know, I appreciate all you checking in. Um, make sure you like, subscribe to this episode, this podcast, um, share it around with your friends if you think it's fun, funny, having a good time with it. Okay, we're going to jump right into the first topic, which is Stanley Cups. Now, for those of you that know Stanley Cups, you're already kind of maybe nodding your head, you're smiling a little bit, maybe you're face palming. For those of you that don't know Stanley Cups, you might be wondering, you're saying, what are, what are these words you're saying? Stanley Cups? Is a dude named Stanley have a cup? What is this? Stanley Cups, Stanley is a brand, you know, a drinkware brand, kind of an outdoors brand, and they make these mugs, these, these just, they make cups. They make water bottles, basically, kind of high-duty water bottles. Now, you might be saying, you, you, you might, what do you, what, why, why does this matter, high-duty water bottles? All of a sudden, in the past year, these Stanley Cups have become a commodity, and everyone is walking around with these Stanley Cups. Now, if you know the Stanley Cups, you know what they look, these things are huge. They're these big gargantuan water bottles. They look like those water tankers at beach towns that hold that say the town name on it. You know, you just, they literally look like one of those big water things that say Lavalette on it. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, there's a huge thing. That's what it looks like. It looks like a garbage can that people carry on. These things are huge. And um, they become very popular on social media. I guess a bunch of influencers and people drink out of them and have them. Uh, you know, and they're they're coming different colors, and and now all of a sudden everybody's walking around with these water bottles that are like a hundred dollars, and it's even trickling to school. I saw some videos online of moms being like, "My nine year old daughter wants a Stanley Cup. They want to bring it to school. All the kids are talking about these Stanley Cups." So this latest craze of like a commodity, just like Beanie Babies. Y'all remember Beanie Babies? Do you remember reading the school bus with Beanie Babies? And kids are just bringing in these little plush, like, toys, these little, like, beanie babies. I don't even know what, the, what are beanie babies? They're just little stuffed animals with beans and little beans in them. And people wanted them, people traded for them, people bought them. And then just one day, magically, no one wanted beanie babies anymore. And mothers and fathers across America shoved these stuffed animals in a dark side of their closet and they've been there ever since deteriorating taking up space and homes right now that's kind of what these stanley cups are they're just all of a sudden people want these water bottles and all what are they are there anything special no they just hold water you know water that you drink out of the faucet stanley cups just hold water and i, I you know also I, I don't see people drinking out of these stanley cups i just see people carrying around stanley cups I've literally never seen one person actually take a sip out of their Stanley Cup. I've only seen people walk around. Now, I don't want to poo-poo. Uh, I don't want to poo-poo on Stanley Cups. I get it. We all we all like things. We all have the things we like and like to buy. So I'm not going to say that's bad. You shouldn't get it. You know, I get it. You know, I have baseball cards when I was growing up. I, you know, 
sit and watch a sports game for three hours. So we all have our things. But what I thought was so interesting, and this is what I, this is what I want to talk about. So Stanley Cups, they made right here $75 million three years ago in 2019. Three, four years ago, 2019. Three years ago. $75 million as a company. Last year, 2023, they made $750 million. They 10X'd all of their sales, selling the same things. And the guy behind this, the guy behind this marketing strategy is the same guy, the guy who transformed Stanley Cups from a company that sells cups that hold water to a more valuable company of cups that hold water is the same guy who transformed the brand Crocs. And I, I heard that. I was like, this guy needs to be president of the United States. The guy who brought Stanley Cups to these new heights and transformed Crocs into cool streetwear needs to become the president. His name is Terrence Riley. So this is my, uh, this is my plea to you, Terrence Riley. You did it. You somehow are doing it. You're turning these things into global phenomenons, these products. Do it for us now. Start working for us. Let's make a difference, brother. We would appreciate it as a country. I'm excited to see where Stanley Cups goes next. Uh, you know, if there's even more and more products and, you know, how this will grow and if people still care about them. And in two years, will, will there be another water bottle? Or I don't know, but... That was Stanley Cup. So, next I want to talk about something a little near and dear to my heart. Something very cool I saw and have been following the journey of, which is Shia LaBeouf has really given his life to God, became a Catholic, and the latest news this week is that Shia LaBeouf wants to become a deacon. Um, I thought that was really cool. Now, us Catholics, we know everyone who's Catholic. We have that kind of Rolodex in our brain. We're, we're taking tabs of everyone who's Catholic out there, especially celebrities. So celebrities that are Catholic, like off the top of my head, Mark Wahlberg, Mario Lopez, Andy Garcia. That, boom, that's just off the top of my head of guys who are practicing Catholics. And we, oh, we own them. Like we, we're like, all right, yeah, there's a, so now Shia LaBeouf, he's a Catholic. We're Catholics were like, yeah, man, this is great to see. Even Stevens, our boy, he's now Catholic. And he wants to become a deacon. That's like a double win. Shia LaBeouf wants to become a deacon. Catholics were like, yes, you, you finally see what we see. So, you know, we love a good celebrity becoming Catholic. I feel like that's one of the truest things about Catholics is us Catholics, we love a good celebrity who's Catholic. And Shia LaBeouf has, um, you know, recently converted his life to God. Now, on kind of a more, like, s serious note, because, you know, obviously that's, I, I love thinking about that kind of funny side of, um, you know, us Catholics loving celebrities, or, or cele us Catholics loving celebrities who are Catholics. What I really loved about this Shia LaBeouf story is um, how he's also kind of been converted, how he's been, uh, his journey, how he's followed along his journey. And Shia LaBeouf, obviously, celebrity, Transformers, even Stevens, all these movies, actor, writer, director, really successful, had kind of some trouble in the past. And, you know, Hollywood has said, oh, this bad boy, Shia LaBeouf, and blah, 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 all the stuff they said. Now he's not good anymore. 
and really had his journey towards Christ come to fruition through a movie role, which is the Padre Pio movie that came out. I never saw it. Heard some mixed reviews about it, but, um, and he then, to study for Padre Pio, he went and lived with Franciscans, some Franciscans on the West Coast in California. And he was just totally struck by their lifestyle, their message, and who these guys are, and more so felt Christ through their life, through their witness. Nothing really they were kind of trying to convince him of, nothing really they were trying to prove to him that he was wrong in his old ways. He was inspired by their life. Now, what I really loved about that is that Franciscans, these are pretty, pretty like radical dudes. This is not like your everyday life. Guys, Capuchin Franciscans who are living in a monastery, who are working the land, who are you know ministering to people, being sim- simple lives. That's not normal. That's the antithesis of what the entire world, our society teaches, which is more, 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 get more, get more, get yours. And Franciscan brothers are like, hey, we live together, we share life together, and we're here to make the world a better place and preach God to other people. And what I really, really love about Shia's experience is that he heard God through like pure truth. He heard God through like a like unashamed lifestyle. Like the Franciscans, that's Catholic. I mean, that is like Catholic. There's no hiding it. A bunch of Franciscans or CFRs, brothers walking around, they're wearing, you know, the clothes that they wear. They're wearing roses around their belts. They have beards. They're wearing bare feet or in sandals. They wake up every morning. They pray. They eat simple. They fast. This is, there's no hiding how much they love God and how Catholic they are. There's no hiding it. And, you know, sometimes as Catholics, we, you know, you, we, we try to like compartmentalize parts of our faith. We try to, we, you know, like if someone asks us about, if someone asks you about the Franciscans, how would you describe them? How would you describe the Franciscans? How would you describe the CFRs? It's not easy because you're like, okay, how, how do you describe a bunch of guys living together? You try to find the words or, you know, you try to maybe like, boil it down. You try to distill the truth of what Franciscan religious life really is because it can be scary for people to be exposed to something that's that, you know, Catholic, something that's that um, against society. What I loved though, what I really, really loved is that Jesus spoke to Shia through the truth. Jesus spoke to Shia in a profound way and not a boiled down way. I think for myself and maybe y'all out there, I want to boil down the faith, distill the faith to make it simple for people who maybe aren't faithful. I don't want to really like show the true colors of what it means to be our faith. So I think a lot of times, I know for myself, I want to distill our faith down to like first grade level stuff. I want to distill our faith down to like Bite-sized pieces so it doesn't scare people away from the faith. You know, charismatic prayer. Well, you know, let's try to ease people into this. We don't want anyone to get scared away because it's too intense. You know, I know my whole life I've tried to not scare people away with my faith. And I, you know, I don't know if I've done a good job of that. I don't know if I've, you know, all I know is that there's a temptation, I think, to really, like, to strip down our faith. 
to make it palatable for people when we talk about it or live it or express it. But what's really easy to fall into is stripping away the truth of our faith. And when we strip away the truth of our faith and we try to boil it down, is we sometimes lose the power that Christ's word and Christ can have on people when we try to just put our own spin on what our faith is. I know I fall into that. I try to sometimes start explaining things about my faith or my life or lifestyle, and all of a sudden I'm just talking about like stuff off the rails, and I feel like people might be more confused. When in reality, Christ is the one who's drawing people to him. It's not up to us to like market and brand Christ's power and Christ's word and Christ's truth to other people. Sometimes the best way to evangelize to other people is to just speak the simple truth and that can cut through the hearts of, of lies. The truth cuts through the hearts of lies. We're so scared to sometimes speak the truth because we think it's going to scare people away. But when you give people the truth of our life together, that is can be freeing. When you tell people about the the truth of our life and the beauty of our life, hey, Jesus is here to free you from your sins and your pain and your wounds. And yes, there's going to be stuff we're going to have to understand. There's going to be learning and it's not going to be easy. But life with Christ is worth it and it's awesome. And he's going to free you from all of those hard things that keep you up at night. He's going to free you from those burdens that keep you up at night. He's going to free you and heal and patch up those wounds that have devastated you in your life. And Christ wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants your mind. He wants everything in you. And you know what? The truth's going to set you free. Like, we sometimes just don't say the simple truths of our faith in fear of scaring people away. But Shia LaBeouf's story was such a good reminder for me that, you know what, a bunch of Capuchin Capuchin brothers, Franciscan brothers out in California, they're awesome. And you know what, I think they're awesome. And yeah, I probably am going to be like, oh, I don't think a celebrity is going to think they're cool. It's going to be too weird for them. No, dude, they're awesome. And celebrities are going to think they're awesome. Shy is going to think they're awesome. Everyone, because you know, they're living a radical, authentic life, filled with love, filled with passion for making our life better through God. And it's like, yeah, like, let's not be scared to actually tell the truth about our lives. Because you know what? We have to, the true colors have to come out, right? If, if, you're, if you're trying to, you know, all everything, when you follow God, everything, enough, you can't hide. You can't hide. And I realized that more and more that like, hey, like as much as I want to maybe hide from my past or sins or this, yeah, I really can't. And it all comes up to the surface and I have to offer that over to God and I have to, I have to, be, I, you know, I have to be a better man. I want to be a better man, and, and I want Christ to help me with that. And then at the same time, I want other people to experience that. Like, I want other people to experience the fulfillment that comes from following God, and not the painful emptiness that the world offers. And that when we talk about our faith, it's so easy just to be like, oh, you know, being Catholic's really about, you know, just like. Following some, you know, some rules in the catechism and the Bible. And um, yes, we believe in the Eucharist. And um, but, you know, it's really just a simple good life. And, and it is a simple, beautiful life. But like, let's not be scared to like show people the far reaches of our faith. Show people the fullness of our faith. Talk about the, 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 the whole entirety of our faith. Because 
God speaks to any everyone however he wants. It's not up, up to us to shortstop God's message to someone and say, hey, listen, they're going to think this is weird, so I'm just going to kind of boil this down. Um, Franciscan brothers, they're kind of like, uh, you know, a fraternity, but a holy fraternity. And people are like, a holy fraternity? Like a Christian frat? Like, what is that? No, but it's like, here's a bunch of guys who live a vow of poverty, chastity, obedience. They are beggars for their food. They work on the land of their place, and then they go out every single day to their community to help the hungry, help the homeless, help those in pain, pray over them, and try to make others' lives better. Okay, well, that's vastly more interesting, engaging, and powerful than a, than a Christian, you know, a Christian frat. You know, and and I, I, I just want to remind myself not to be scared to really talk about the truth of our faith, not to be scared about really talk about, hey, what's actually going on? Because that can be powerful to someone, even if I don't think it is. And who am I to say, oh, this person's going to think this is weird? Because what that really means is I don't want this person to think I'm weird. <laughs> I don't want this person to think that I'm a Looney Tune. But you never know. We just not to not be scared. And Shia, Shia, God bless you, man. I'm happy to see you, um, you know, giving your life to God. And happy to see you want to become a deacon. That'd be so cool to see you up there on the altar, um, you know, doing your thing up there as, as a deacon. I think, you know, also, Shai, your witness is powerful. Your witness of conversion is powerful and will will lead many to towards Christ more and more. So, like, that's kind of, that's that's powerful. Your, your ability to connect with people and have an impact on people is going to be vast. So, God bless you, bro. Okay, moving on. How much time we got? Okay. Moving on, I saw an article. We're going to talk about this new this new dating app called The League, and it said it's a new Gen Z dating app where you to get entrance onto this dating app, you have to put your LinkedIn profile, and people scan your LinkedIn profile and then say, "Oh, I want to maybe you know match with this person." And um, again, don't want to. I don't want to say that's silly, but what what I was reminded of when I saw this article, which again, it's just, a, it's a, it's an app. So it's like, you know, there's always kind of have a new slant of an app to make money. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know if the founder of this is like, man, I just want everyone to fall in love so badly. And it's going to be through LinkedIn. It's my passion. I don't know. Or maybe they just think this is a great way to, you know, market an app to people and make some money. But what I thought was really interesting about that about kind of putting your LinkedIn profile as like your dating profile, you know, your background, your work history, your resume. So my actual thoughts on it is, you know, this stuff actually is important to talk about. Um, work, lifestyle, what you think of money is actually really important to talk about uh, in, I think, dating and courting in a marriage. I know it's been important for my marriage because Again, you can't hide from everything in a marriage. That's something I've learned. I'm only a few years into my marriage, but you can't hide from your life in marriage. You got to talk about everything. You got to communicate about everything. And sometimes talking about money is not easy. And sometimes talking about lifestyle is not easy. Um, because maybe it brings up how you were raised and maybe you went on expensive vacations. Maybe you never went on a vacation. Maybe you had four cars growing up. Maybe you had one car growing up. But I promise you, if you're dating someone and you don't talk about lifestyle and education and background and money 
it's it's going to come to a conflict one day because one of you is going to say we need three cars and one of you is going to say we only need one car and you're not going to understand why neither of you get it because it's like well I was raised this way and I was raised that way and this is what I think this is how my parents raised me this is how my parents raised me but it's just like it's important to talk about it reminded me of kind of like hey in the courting process the dating process I in my experience talking about life money experience like work, what you want, stay-at-home mom, dad goes out to work every day, do you want those things, does a woman want to work, you know, all these things, you got to talk about them. And so I thought this was an app where maybe that would jumpstart kind of talking about some of these things um, that might be helpful. I don't know. Anyway, um, that was that. <laughs> that was that. I thought that was kind of a cool thing, and I don't know if that was a, a, a I don't know if anyone resonates with that, but yeah, the league. So if, you ch- if you're on that dating app and you find a good Good person, let, let me know. Reach out to me. Okay, last, certainly not least, the NFL playoffs are starting this weekend. My beloved Dolphins had a rough end to the season, but we're still in the playoffs. And I saw the funniest ad ever regarding the NFL playoffs. It was on NBC, and it said, for the first time ever, an NFL playoff game is streamed just on Peacock. Peacock is the NBC like streaming app. You have to pay for it. So it says for the first time ever, you have you could stream and you for the first time ever, you can only stream an NFL playoff game on Peacock. Which I thought was so funny because what that really means is for the first time ever, you're not gonna be able to see a playoff game if you don't have an extra money to pay for. For the first time ever, you're probably not going to be able to watch one of your favorite teams play. For the first time ever, only the office fans are going to be able to watch an NFL playoff game. For the first time ever, only Parks and Rex fans can watch the Dolphins vs. Chiefs play. And I, I just thought that was crazy. I do not know why they're doing that. I do not know why they're streaming um, a playoff game on just an app. Like, I mean, obviously, it's to get more people to buy Peacock. And to buy that, so if there's some collusion happening, but I was just like, dang, they're really going to do that to us, huh? Now, thankfully, we already subscribed to Peacock, so I'm going to be able to watch my Dolphins play the Chiefs. But I was like, that's so wild for, for like, what if, he's a, what if he don't have it? Like, what if bars, what if you want to go to a bar and watch a game or, a, or like a Buffalo Wild Wings? Like, what, do, are they going to have to subscribe to Peacock? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Um, or I, again, I get it, but I think it's silly. So Dolphins are playing the Chiefs at the Chiefs this Saturday or Sunday. It's supposed to be like two degrees, literally two degrees in Kansas City. And you know us Dolphins from South Florida, uh, you know, used to playing 80 degree weather. It's going to be quite a difference um, this year. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Overall, for me, being an adult fan this year was a lot of ups and downs. Some great wins, some hard losses, but still a good year. Still great to be in the playoffs and have a shot at going to the Super Bowl. First game, defending Super Bowl champions in Arrowhead Stadium, three degrees out. Yikes. So uh, you you never know, though. Um, You never know what can happen. So we'll see all my boys out in the 305, Tua, Tyreek. Thank Ginkle, all you boys, here for you. Um, I'll be watching on Peacock um, right after a couple of the episode, episodes of The Office. But, um, 
it's an exciting time. You know, I, I, I've, obviously talk, I've obviously talked about football uh, and the Dolphins a lot on this podcast, but I this is, you know, I, ha- I can do that. So I'm going to talk about the Dolphins a little bit. I don't know if anyone else cares about the Dolphins, but at least you know that I like the Dolphins. So we'll see what happens. I'll check in next week and give a little update if we win, if the ball doesn't freeze into a snowball this weekend in Kansas City. So that's it for me today. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for watching, for liking, for subscribing, for sharing. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the ministry here. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I've been really excited for 2024. I feel like the podcast and backseat media and stuff is really kind of starting to take shape and get out there. And I feel like I can really understand where it God's leading this, um, I think. <laughs> and so I'm excited to keep keep rocking with it. And all of you who watch and listen, you know, it's just like, as I say every single week, um, you know, it, it's it's incredible that you let me be a part of your day and your life um, and your downtime to listen to me talk. Like, I appreciate that so much. I know how busy all of you are. So thank you for watching, for liking this. Um, all right, y'all. Hope you have a great week. Peace.